Hey everybody, welcome to the She's the Owner podcast, a podcast where I share tips on business, relationships, and even personal development. As an entrepreneur of over 20 years and a multiple six-figure company, I have seen firsthand how the masculine and feminine play a role in our happiness at work and at home. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, hey, as always, if you've gotten value from this episode, please leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. Each month, we do a random draw of reviews and send the lucky winner a gorgeous thank you gift. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran. Welcome to the episode. Um, so today I'm going to be doing, uh, maybe it's a bit of a unique episode to what I usually do, and I couple things I need to talk about today. Um, One being that recently my home was uh, broken into. And the creepy part is I walked in on the person who was doing it. So um, basically, I took my dog, I live in a condo, if you don't know, and there's a beautiful little dog park at the bottom of um, like in the courtyard, very close. Like I can literally see it from where I'm sitting right now. And I took the dogs down. I didn't lock my door. I took them down for a few minutes, came back up and my door was locked. And I thought, well, that's weird. I know I didn't lock it. And one, you know, one thing, excuse me, led to another. And then all of a sudden I'm in my kitchen and I look to my right and Sorry, there's some honking of construction happening outside. To my right, this uh, woman walks out of my bedroom. And it was really creepy the way she walked out of my bedroom because she wasn't like, there was no sense of, holy shit, I just got busted. It was like, she was very calm. And so immediately I made the assumption that this poor woman has some type of mental health illness. And I went into how do I help this situation mode. And it's funny because every, not everybody, mostly women, to be honest, there are, I would say, at least 10 women. Um, if you've listened or if you if were friends on Facebook or you pay attention to my social media, you'll see that I posted it. And I can't even tell you how many fucking women have come and said, well, if that was my house, I would have kicked the shit out of her. There's no fucking way she would have gotten out of the apartment, blah, blah, all like. Okay, tough guy. Honestly, like this is the stuff that gets me because there's no way that most women would have done anything different than I did. And simply because she did not look threatening in any way. She looked sick. She was really small. She was dressed fine, but she just, there was this vacancy in her eyes. And so it it didn't push me to get aggressive. Like she wasn't aggressive. I didn't know. Did I beat the shit up? Absolutely not. Like, what would the point of that be anyway? I did, however, say, like, she said to me, I'm, I'm looking for my son. And I thought, well, holy shit, lady, you're in the wrong place. There's nobody here like that. So, um, bottom line, she started to realize like, I better get the hell out of this lady's house. So she grabs her stuff. She had some recycled bags, like recycling type bags, reusable bags rather. And she grabbed her stuff and she proceeded to leave. And I locked my door and I said, no, you can't leave because I'm still thinking there's some mental illness issue here. And then I was like, hold up. Did you take any of my stuff? Like, what were you doing in my bedroom? And she didn't really answer. And so she unlocked the door and I followed her safely from a distance. Um, She started running. I started running. 
But she wasn't like, I mean, you have to understand this lady was just walking away at this point. Like she ran down the stairs, but she was walking when we got into the street. So I, th I there were two neighbors downstairs that I'd recognize their dog. I've said hi to them a million times. And I said, can you grab my dogs? I need to go chase that lady. She just stole, she just broke into my house. So of course they did. One lady called the cops and, um, I phoned the cops. I was on the phone with them while I was running after this lady. And, you know, at the, at, there was a point where I was like, I can't, I, I, all I could think about were my dogs. I can't leave my dogs with people that I don't really know how to get a hold of after. Maybe they, they're going somewhere. I need to go get my dogs. So I left the, the woman walking down the street. I gave a description. I had pictures of the back of her, unfortunately. And I came back to my apartment. <clears throat> and it was a weird situation because I walked in and I'm looking like, did she take anything? I have some stuff that would definitely have been valuable for her to take. Um, my laptop was out. My iPad was out. My beats were out. My purse was out. Like there was things she could take. <clears throat> Excuse me. But she didn't. What did she take? She took, um, I have a prescription for lorazepam for when I fly because I I'm not a huge fan of flying, so I need a little help to relax. And she took my all my credit card, like my bank card, um, all my cards out of my wallet. And she took a picture. And this is what gets me and confuses me totally. She took a picture of my mom when my mom was 20 four or 25, something like that. And it was my favorite picture. Obviously I had it framed for a reason, but she removed it from the frame and just took the picture and left the frame. So I have no idea why she did that. And so that, those are the two main things. So I phoned the, you know, card companies, I canceled on my ship, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> when I, when I really sat with, so first of all, what, I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're somewhat woo woo with me. Cause that's how we roll. Um, the day that she took my mother's picture was my mother's 16th year death anniversary. So that was interesting. And I was making jokes. I'm like, yo mom, like if you wanted to say hi, could you not just like flicker a light or something? You have to send some scary ass woman to my house to take your picture, to acknowledge yourself. Nice. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> The, excuse me, the picture being gone, obviously, is the thing that upsets me the most. Um, I don't give a shit about the cards. I've got all new cards. To be honest, I needed new cards anyway, because the tap didn't work in any of them. And now they do. So that's a bonus. And so <clears throat> here's, here's how this all, how it all plays out. I'm sitting with feelings today. So it's been a few days and I'm sitting with a whole bunch of feelings and I'm not really sure what those feelings are, to be honest. I feel for sure. Um, I don't, I don't feel violated, but I feel a bit tripped out by the whole experience. Why don't I feel violated? Well, my instinct knows she wasn't here to hurt me. My instinct and intuition knows there's something definitely not right in her mind. <clears throat> my instinct knows that she didn't take anything. So except for that picture, that means something to me. So that's manageable. 
but my instinct just feels sad for her. But the feelings that I have now, so I'm going to backtrack a couple things. And this is, this is a very raw podcast I recognize. And it's not, again, I just, I'm really leaning into like the stuff that I'm called to talk about. And I'm called to talk a lot about the divine masculine right now. And this will relate in a minute. Um, like today I have a recording with a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Neil Conlon, and we're going to be doing another podcast together around this topic of divine masculine. So there's another situation where I live, where there was a guy, um, who I know we've had a conversation and one conversation, definite, you know, kind of like a flirtation, nothing major. And then, you know, six or something weeks later, he reaches out to me. And I meet him downstairs in the, in the park with the dogs just to chit chat, you know, shoot the shit, whatever. And he leans over and says, cause he was actually still inebriated from the night before somewhat. This is like 11 o'clock in the morning or 1130. And he leans in and he's like, so are we going to fuck or what? And proceeded to invite me to his apartment in a really crass way. And he didn't have any indication that that was even an opening. Um, Certainly not that day, maybe before maybe he could take flirting as whatever, but even then, even then. So I, when he said that to me, I I was so jarred. I made a couple of jokes because that's what my default is to make jokes in situations I'm uncomfortable. I'm like the fucking Chandler of the, of the, crew and I made some jokes and eventually I did get angry and I said basically like this is not how this fucking works like this is not how it works not for women like me which you know I'm an older woman and I've been through some shit that's just not how it works for me and anyway long story short he he got pissy he had a fucking grown-up tantrum about it and was quite aggressive in my view and then DM'd me some other shitty things that he said. I won't repeat them, but basically it was like, how fucking dare you say no to me? Nobody says no to me. And he made it clear nobody typically says no and that that wasn't okay for me to say no. Or he was going to make me try. He was trying to make me feel like a piece of shit for saying no. Like putting me down and saying rude things. So like, why am I telling you that? Because <clears throat> now... I'm uncomfortable in my own fucking apartment complex when I see this guy. And why should I be uncomfortable? Like, that's the question of the day. Why, why should women feel awkward or weird or scared or unsafe or whatever when men like that say things like that? So I've had a couple of other situations with men that make me feel like not super happy. Um, I had a situation I was meeting with a client. We had lunch, well, liquid lunch because the restaurant chef burned himself badly and couldn't cook. Um, And, you know, we were sitting there on the sidewalk, like I was walking her back to her car and we stopped and this really flashy guy walks by and we both kind of look like, oh, that's cool. Like he has nice red pants and a nice hat and whatever. And he didn't really notice that we were looking at him. And then he turned around and he was like, oh, okay. These ladies are checking me out. Cool. So he comes back. He's a Jamaican guy. And if you know anything about Jamaican men, they're very charismatic. Like that's just 
the ones I've met, the ones that I know. <clears throat> so he comes back and he starts chatting us up and it was all fine. And he's telling us all about, you know, like it was quite hilarious. Like he was standing there almost having a conversation where her and I weren't even involved. Like it was just a opportunity for him to talk about himself. And so whatever. It was cute. We giggled. It was fine. No, no big deal. Then he starts looking at my hand super openly. And I said, what are you looking for? And he said, uh, and I said, you're looking for a wedding band. I know what you're looking for. And he goes, yeah, you, you married? I said, no, I'm divorced. And he just kept chit-chatting, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, well, like, bye, Erica. That's my client. I'll see you later. Like, we're both trying to, like, get out of the... It's like, okay, buddy, you're talking for too fucking long. Like, we got to go. So I walk across the street and buddy follows me. It was the middle of the day. It was fine. But it's not fine. He followed me to my car and then he held my door while he kept talking to me. So eventually I closed my door and I thought, why is this? Like, why do men think that's fine and not scary to a woman to follow them when you don't know who the fuck they are? Follow them to the car. Like, why does that? I would love to understand why men think that's a good move. I didn't ask him out. I didn't. I had nothing like <clears throat> I didn't, I had no interest in this person whatsoever. And he, and he goes, can I get your number? And I said, no, I don't give out my number. You can, if you want to give me yours, it's fine. So he gives me his number, whatever. And I keep it in my notes because, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, guys. I don't know. I think I get allergies sometimes around here. Anyway, so he, he gives me his number and I'm like, okay, gotta go. Bye. And I shut my door and I think, what the fuck just happened? Like, it's not women are already and this is this is sort of the big overarching theme right now is women we are already nervous in most situations and and not because we're not confident not because we're not amazing but because we've been conditioned to be fearful of men and there's a reason that that is the case because like you know this person in my building who said who asked me to go to his, his apartment I don't trust the man at all. Like if I saw him drunk in our building and I would be scared. Like I would think, oh, this guy's going to lip off or some, I don't feel safe, period. <clears throat> and beyond that, I feel embarrassed or, or like weird about it when he should be the one who, he should be seeking me out to fucking say, I am sorry for that bullshit. That was awful what I said to you. I can't believe I said it. I'm so embarrassed. Please accept my apology. Nope. I've seen him twice and I'm like, just like, get me the fuck out of this situation. But why don't I like, so here's my number one question. So, so women, we've been conditioned to feel unsafe around men in general, you know, ask any woman, Tony talks about this all the time. Ask any woman who goes into a parking garage, how safe she feels ever, ever. I never do. I'm always moving my ass quite fast to get to my car. I've got my keys between my fingers. I'm moving quickly. Men don't feel that sense of unsafety like they just do not because you don't see it just like a man isn't worrying about walking in a parking. Maybe the occasional I'm not saying it never happens, but I will tell you 90, probably 99 percent of women are super conscious in a, in a parking garage at night or in a parking lot at night or anywhere at night. They're super like hyper aware. This is not make I'm not making this up. This is not just 
me talking. This is actual fucking shit. This is how we feel. I've taught all my girls to be very hyper aware wherever they are. Why? Because women get kidnapped. Women get raped. Women get beat up. Women get murdered in these situations. And so that's why we're fearful. It's not just because we feel like being fearful. And it's like, so then, you know, I have this break in and truthfully, thank God it was a woman in my house because it, it, it doesn't feel as much it, it, for me, honestly, you guys, I don't feel like it was this super crazy, um, like major robbery, right? Like, yes, she took things from me, but I, again, she seemed super mentally ill. She didn't scare me. I wasn't fearful of my life, but I will say now, now that it's happened and I'm like, this is creepy. Like she has my ID. She knows where I live. She could share it with her other friends that she wants. And maybe she has a night. Maybe that was her casing out my place. Maybe she, maybe, maybe, maybe. And now I'm, now I'm freaked out. All this is to say that, you know, even though I teach about masculine and feminine energy, even me, like right now, I'm deeply fearful. I'm, and, and because there's a few things that have happened in the last, you know, two months or really month, um, where men feel like they can just say whatever they want to men act how they want. They'll, you know, whatever the thing is, they just sort of, and again, I'm not painting all of men like this, but it's a vast majority. The, the bigger, the smaller population are, are of men who are divine masculine, who've done the work, who've done the healing, who have gone through the shit and come out the other side, like my buddy Neil. And even Neil is still doing a lot of healing around women and a, a lot of stuff. But he would never put a woman in a situation of feeling um, unsafe. But that population is small of men who have woken up to their own bullshit. Danny Morell is another example. Tony Robbins, Scott Harris, uh, Joseph McClendon, Brian Bradley. Like these are men that I, Peter King, he's coming back on the show. These are men I deeply respect. Sean um, Galapos, Galapolos, I think his last name is, the love coach. Um, there's a, another one, Stefano, like... These are men, Jake Woodward, sorry, and I'm just throwing all these male, men, men's names out because <clears throat> it's important to know that, yes, there is a population of men who have done the healing and who are who have accessed their divine masculine, but it's a small fucking group. The, the larger group are these fucking douchebags who make women feel scared, who say whatever the fuck they want that's in their head. They don't think about how it's going to land on the woman. They don't think about how it's going to make her feel so it's like in my in my teachings i'm always like go into the feminine you know learn how to access and and i'm that's all true but i can tell you right now i feel wounded feminine like fearful i don't feel empowered um and the crazy part is i'm having trouble accessing my own masculine energy again because part of me wants and my ex-husband said that he said like can you not access the masculine in you and so you can just kind of brush it off and like keep going and i said no i totally can't and i think the lesson here is that I'm being taught by God, source, universe, infinite intelligence where I'm actually at. And maybe this is just a, I need to be broken down completely to build back up in this way. Like, you know, even with money, I'm not feeling safe at the moment. I have so many weird things around money that I'm working through around my around my business, the Love Soldiers um, event, all of that stuff. It's new. I'm feeling super uncertain about all of those things. Certain of that I want to help, certain that I want to impact, but uncertain about how it's going to play out. Um, <clears throat> again, I apologize for the coughing. Um, so it's like that, that level of uncertainty. So there's like a whole 
you know, mix of bag of shit of feeling fearful and uncertain. And, and I'm sitting in it. And that's, you know, I, I posted the other day a, a video of me where I was attempting to do gratitude prayer, but it turned into absolute fucking sheer breakdown. And I shared it on purpose because, and the DMs I got were crazy. Like I got a lot of DMs from women saying, thank you for letting me see that part of you because, um, I always keep thinking I'm crazy if I'm crying or I'm whatever. And you're fucking not like the thing about the divine feminine and women in general is like, it has to come out and it's going to come out. It'll come out during your, when you're having sex, it'll come out when you're working out, it will come out when you're, you know, all these different ways. Crying is the easiest, fastest way for it to come out. And I've had a couple of good cries like Sunday night after the whole thing happened. I, um, I, I cried for my mother right? I, I'm really sitting in this feeling of I'm, I really don't, like I'm feeling alone. And I'm not saying that to invoke a bunch of you're not alone comments, or you're not alone text. Like, I know I'm not alone in terms of like, I have a beautiful friend group, and I'm very fortunate for it. But I'm still at at night, I go to bed by myself. And so I'm working through it. Like I'm working through, what does that mean? I'm working through, why am I in these situations where I'm made to feel unsafe? Like what is the, what's the actual lesson here? Am I still, because maybe I still don't feel like I'm worthy of feeling safe. Maybe I still don't feel like I'm enough to feel safe. Like that, that could very well be it. It could be the universe just saying like, no, you actually are okay here's another opportunity for you to grow through it. And that's, that could, and that, that actually, even as I'm saying it, it resonates. Like perhaps it's just that simple that I can say, okay, these, God's still trying to teach me I'm good. God's still trying to teach me that I'm safe. God is still trying to teach me that my higher self has got my back. And in the case of, of the break-in, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better outcome. Like I lost a picture and that's the only thing that makes me feel sad you couldn't ask for a better fucking outcome. I mean, I have beautiful things that I've worked really hard for. And I have my whole business on this laptop, like she could have cleaned me fucking out and made a had a really good day, really good day. And she didn't, she could have come at me with a knife, it could have been a guy with a gun, it could I mean, there's a million scenarios it could have been. So this feels to me so even though I'm freaked out, and my my sympathetic nervous system is jacked, and my adrenaline is jacked, when I look at it from a higher self perspective, this was the most gentle lesson I could have from God or source or infinite intelligence around learning to rescue myself and not in a way that repels the masculine, but in a way that draws them in, which is different. And here's the other thing I've learned. So here's what's cool. My ex and I go through periods where we're really not aligned and talking and we're not super cozy with each other. We'll just keep it very, very minimal, you know, talk about Amelia, stuff like that. And then we go through phases where we're a bit more chatty. Uh, You know, I have to be careful because I do get drawn back into the conversation and then I start to feel like, oh, what if we, you know, and I know that there's absolutely no way to be with him and that's cool, but I still get a little not drawn in like, oh, maybe we could be together, but I get resentful, like the resent resentment starts to come up again. But 
the day that this happened, I phoned him right away because he's still the person that I call when shit hits the fan, if I have, if major shit hits the fan. And I said, you know, whatever, come by. And he came by. He beat the cops here, which he thinks is really silly. But I'm like, dude, they were trying to go find the chick. But anyway, so yesterday I was here by myself and I wasn't feeling super safe and the energy. And I'm going to actually do some saging and a ceremony in here today just to move the energy out. Um, like even as I'm talking, I'm feeling uh, a really deep sense of something like I can feel something in here anyway. So I, I said, well, wh why don't you guys come here make, and I'll make dinner, you know, whatever. And then he said, no, I, I, I can't. I have to do some work. But why don't you grab ingredients and come here and I'll make dinner here for you? So I did. And then I ended up staying over. He slept on the couch. I slept in his bed. It was a really good sleep. And I thought, holy shit. <clears throat> I'm I'm powering through being single and this is what I want you to understand. Can we do it? Yes, we can. Right? We can be single, we can live our own lives, we can have our own houses, we can have our own beds, etc. But for me personally, having this having this like I relax because I knew there was someone else in the house that if shit hit the fan, hopefully he would activate. I mean, he has a black belt in martial arts, so he should be able to. And he always says, "Don't worry." I would blah, blah, blah. But just having that body in the house made me calm down. So that tells me something. And I think that's one of the thing, hardest things for women in the masculine to admit is that we actually enjoy having a partner. We enjoy having somebody else in our home, the right individual. Like I certainly, you know, Ken and I as a couple are completely just a fucking total train wreck. Like we love each other deeply, but as a couple, train wreck. So that feeling of safety that I had last night wouldn't be long term because I just know that's he's more of a beta. I'm more alpha, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> but for one night, it felt really good for and it was it just said to me, OK, so. It's OK to ladies, this is for you. It's OK to say you want to be with somebody. It's not OK to say I don't need a man. It's not okay to say that. Why is it not okay to say that? It's not okay because what you say to a man when you give him that narrative and you and we all have as a fuck, giant fucking collective, women have definitely given guys the impression that we don't need them. And that's a problem because now they don't feel needed. And what happens when a man doesn't feel needed? He doesn't he strays in many different ways, not just to another woman, but to his work, to games, to spending more time with his buddies and less time with you. He shuts down. He goes into his feminine. So it's okay to say we need these beautiful creatures, right? And I came to realize, like, I really do like that feeling. And I've always loved being married. Um, just not my marriage because my marriage was very challenging. But I love the concept. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea of going from one person to another like that just doesn't fly for me. It doesn't feel in alignment for me. It doesn't feel it feels tiring, honestly, like I'm an introvert, um, which I've realized over my adulthood. Everyone thinks that I'm an extrovert because I'm good in situations, in social situations. But I'm certainly I get more energy like I go out there, I do some extrovert shit and I come back and I need to be quiet for like days and days and days. But I like the energy of a spouse. Like, I enjoy that. And I came to realize this morning, I'm like, you know what? Like, part of my my growing through this really fucked up period of my life is acknowledging that I do 
like the energy of a, of another person around me. And so that was a good distinction. Like I, I've always known I want to be in a relationship, but just not, you know, I'm not quite ready yet, but it was a nice, I, I, the only way to describe it is I got to, to put my guard down for an evening and night and it felt really good. So stop saying you don't need a man around your male friends or your, your husband or whatever. You're giving him a shitty idea of <clears throat> himself. Like that's the reality. So, you know, I know this is a bit of a choppier one, but I just wanted to get all of that out. And I want, I want you to really understand that like men, men who listen to this and what ladies, if your spouse or friends or any male in your life needs to hear this, it's so important that you, the ones who have really healed through a lot of their stuff and who are no longer that toxic bravado y, you know, egomaniacal guy and who have really tapped into their divine masculine. You really, I applaud you because I know you're sharing and sharing and sharing and you're really trying to teach your fellow brothers. Keep going because these situations that I've been around lately, like, it doesn't feel good to feel scared. It just does, it feels so awful to feel scared. And, even if a woman's confident she can defend herself, like if somebody was trying to hurt me, I feel fairly confident. You know, I've been taught things that would disarm a man, you know, hopefully, obviously. But even knowing that I could defend myself doesn't make me feel less unsafe. It just makes me think my adrenaline would come in and I probably wouldn't get killed, but I would, I'm still on guard and we should not have to feel on guard our whole lives. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, and when you couple the fact with the government changing both in both our countries, changing two really important things that really take away rights of women in a big fucking way, reproductive rights and for sure. Um, it just, you, it's hard as a woman to look around and think, yeah, these guys have our backs because they don't not like I'm talking the men at the top. <clears throat> um, and so right now is really such an important time for our brothers to step up and teach each other how to treat women the way we've always meant to be treated and make us feel safe. And that's not a spouse thing. That's a collective thing. Um, and so, yeah, and that, that's it. So weird, weird couple of months or weeks for me. And I've never had a break and enter in my house. So that, that was fucking crazy, but I'm okay. And everybody's okay. And everything's fine. But, um, a lot of lessons in that for sure. So I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will see you uh, or hear you talk to you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>